I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. Hello, we're not there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the podcast for all things Disney, for NPR Illinois Community Voices, and for the Front Row Network. I'm your host, Craig, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Mr. Brett Rutherford. Hello there. And also Miss Vanessa Ferguson. Hello. This is another one of those days that uh, truly in this year, we have had so many great blessings and so many amazing guests, but this is another one that just uh, is incredible that we get the opportunity to speak to a true Disney legend in his own right. Today, we're going to speak to Rolly Crump, and I'm so excited about the opportunity to speak to, to Rolly. I should also mention that his wife, Marie, has been extremely vital in setting this whole thing up, and she'll be joining us on the call as well. But I'm excited for the opportunity to talk all things about the Disney attractions that we love, that Rolly was a part of, and just excited to hear those stories of some, someone that worked so closely with Walt Disney. Disney himself. We've had a couple of opportunities to speak to people with primary experiences working with Walt. And this is another one that's just absolutely incredible. Brett, tell me, are you excited to speak to Rolly Crump today? I am. <laughs> I am so excited, thrilled, scared to death in, in, a, in a couple of ways, just because this is such an honor, such an honor, you know? So it's like they, they say, over you know chills i have i have chills just thinking about it anyway uh but yeah you said you're not supposed to meet your your idols and all this but today we get to so i'm really excited about this so (sighs) you know so far though the people that we've spoken to that whole quote about not meeting your idols um it doesn't hold up so far for us because we've had so so many great experiences (laughs) Uh, vanessa what are your thoughts about going into this interview I'm just as excited as Brett is. I mean, we are again, like one separation away from Walt Disney. And, and every time we talk to someone who knew him, I feel like it's, it's like opening a little window into, to a time that was. So, you know, this is just going to be a real treat and I'm really excited to talk to Rolly. I am just so excited myself. And I should say kind of burying the lead that this is coming out on Christmas Day. And so anybody out there that celebrates Christmas, just Merry Christmas to you. We are so excited to bring this episode to you on such a special day and happy holidays to you. Uh, whatever you're celebrating this holiday season, we're just so happy you've spent it here with us. Just a little bit about Rolly Crump. Roly has been involved in so many of the attractions that you know and love, whether that's the initial concepts for the Haunted Mansion or helping to bring It's a Small World, not only to the 1964 World's Fair, but also back to Disneyland and helping Mary Blair in that design as well. Um, but in 2004, Roly was recognized as a Disney legend for his more than 40-year career with the company and particularly in Imagineering. He actually started off as an animator, moved to Imagineering, and we all reaped the rewards of that move because he is such a great storyteller, a great Imagineer, and we can't wait to get into this interview. So without further ado, here is Rolly Crump. Well, we are so honored to welcome to Beyond the Mouse and NPR Illinois Community Voices podcast, Rolly Crump. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rolly. It's my pleasure. So we have some questions for you. 
And uh, our first question is actually from me. And I'm going to just say that I've heard a story that Walt Disney had a hard time remembering your name at first. Uh, can you tell us that story? It's kind of a fun, cute story. Uh, that was really something. I remember when I first met Walt, I walked up to him and I shook his hand. I said, it's a pleasure to meet you, sir. He says, my name is Walt, and don't you forget it. And, and I said, okay. <laughs> and so that was good. You know, we got off to a good start. <laughs> uh, basically, what happened after that was we had meetings with Walt. And uh, the next thing I knew, he was calling me other names. Uh, in <laughs> fact, the first name he called me was... Uh, Orland. Or, or, Orland. Orland. And he says, all right, it's nice to have you on board. And I thought, oh, my God, I guess I best just change my name to Orland. <laughs> so we, we were Orland for a while. And I found out later, when I was talking to his daughter, she told me that Walt did have a, a problem with names. And I says, oh, yeah, I found that out all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I was Owen for a while. That Orland was a, a fellow in, in animation. I think he was in the sound department or somewhere, and Walt knew him and used used his name instead of mine. So I just said, well, if my name is Orland, I'll go with it. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever Walt wants to call you, right? Yeah. Uh, Then he introduced me as What's-His-Name. And I thought, okay, fine, I'll be What's-His-Name for a while. It didn't bother me to be called anything because working with Walt was so special, I didn't care. So (laughs) we went well. We had a lot of fun. I was reading in your autobiography, it's kind of a funny story, and it sounds like your grandmother, Fanny, had a great influence on your early artistic life. Do you have any experiences you'd like to share about her? Anything you want to share about Fanny? My grandmother? Yeah. Um, Well, she was an incredible woman. Uh, I had a lot of respect for her because, you know, she'd been through some pretty rough times, and... uh, but she was always right there. I mean, a hundred percent. And I at least spent hours with her talking and going through old photographs and stuff. So I had a pretty good feel of what my background was. And I had a very good feeling of how good she was. She was a, car, a wood carver. In fact, I have wood carving pieces around the house here that she did. And uh, she was really, really talented. And she was strong. She was a big woman and she was very strong. Because she was uh, using those little uh, tools with wood carving, and she did that all physically. So it was really, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful introduction to the past. (laughs) That sounds so good. She sounds like she was a big influence on your artistic life, too. You described her as being creative and have a funky spirit, and that she gave that to you. Yeah, she had a real funky spirit. She was great. (laughs) Tell them how she lived. Well, she lived. She lived in a barn. Uh, what oh. happened was, well, she built. She bought ten acres uh, and they put in an orange grove. But she had to have a barn because the they you need the horses to kind of plow through the fields in there, and so there had to be a barn for that. Well, she ended up sleeping. I mean, living in the barn, and she lived in a uh, screen porch in the barn. So I don't know how many years she slept. She lived in that screen porch, and all she had was a swing to lay in, and that was it. And there was a table and chairs and a place to have a lunch, and that was about it. So anyway, she it was she was Fanny Fargo, that's for sure. Wow. 
Wow. That's great. That's really cool. Well, you said that you were, or well, we know you were an animator before you worked at WED. Um, do you have any favorite memories about being an animator? Well, uh, memories about animation. Uh, you got three or four days to listen to me. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this. I was absolutely out of my mind when I got a job there. And I never thought I'd ever work for Disney. I always wanted to because I saw the three little pigs when I was three years old. And I said to my dad, that's where I want to work. And that was kind of an interesting start right there. What was it like to work in animation? Oh, well, God, it was heaven. I mean, uh, well, the reason it was heaven was I was living with the most creative people in the world. And you earned, you worked in different departments all the time. So you met new people. And the people that I learned from was absolutely incredible because these are people that all wanted to work for Disney and they were real talented. And uh, <clears throat> their portfolios, of course, were considerably better than mine. I don't know why they ever hired me with my portfolio because nothing more than a high school bunch of sketches. But uh, and they, in fact, they told me when I moved from uh, animation to wed and the gentleman called me and he says, you know, we want to tell you this is very unusual for you to move over to wed because that's really quite the, the design company for the company because you know, you had the worst portfolio from anyone that was ever hired in animation. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> but I did that. okay. Look where I ended up. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, it was an education. Oh, it was an education. Every day was an education because everybody I worked with had had a lot of schooling in art. I got to uh, learn all those things from the fellows I worked with. So that was a whole new world. And they were all artists. So I began to know more about artists, which was great. That was that was the best training of all was the artists that the artists loved and how I got involved with them. So it was heaven, absolute heaven. And what about the gags? Oh, the gags? Oh, yeah. Well, everybody was a cartoonist. And so the gags that went on on a daily basis was a credible thing. One of the best gags, of course, I had tons of gags, uh, but one of the best gags was when you're in the office there and, you, and there was a phone. If you hadn't used the phone before, what they do is they take and, uh, the, the, and tape down the button. So when the phone started ringing and you picked it up, it, there was nobody there because <laughs> they taped down the answer. So... You have somebody to answer, and hello, hello, and it'll go on and on and on. And then finally, you realize that the phone wasn't connected because they taped it shut. And uh, so they used to do that to everybody. That was the first time they were on a phone in a little group of people. So it was a great gag. It was always pulled on everybody. That is so funny. You know, uh, again, this is a this is a question where you probably could say answers for days. But are there any particular memories? Maybe one memory that really sticks out about working directly with Walt. Well, working with Walt was absolutely incredible because, first of all, you knew who Walt Disney was, and he was a big big hero in your heart. And uh, you knew you're going to have a meeting with Walt, so you'd all be sitting in the meeting, and you'd I'd be nervous as hell. Because, my God, the man that walked through the door was Walt Disney. I'm going to have to sit and talk to this man. This is incredible. And the first, the first thing you learned when you started working with him, he made you feel so comfortable. It was absolutely unbelievable. 
It was like you were talking to your father. And it was just great. It was just heaven. I mean, he, he made everything so easy. It was incredible. And he was a delight to work with. And uh, so I, I fell in love with him, obviously. And I watched and learned from him. And uh, because he didn't, he didn't, there was no airs about him at all. He was just Walt. He was an absolute incredible person. Is there a difference between Walt Disney, the boss, and Walt Disney, the friend? No, no difference whatsoever. I think he was always just your friend. I always got the feeling that we were all family. And, uh, you know, to work for him and to be with him, you were family. So it was as simple as that. I think it has a lot to do about being a farm boy. I mean, I learned a lot about how he grew up as a farmer, a farmer kid. And so I just thought, wow, that's great. It was neat. And he was that way all, all, of the, all the years I knew him. There was never an air about him. He was just Walt. He was just Walt. That is just wonderful. Well, if we can talk a little bit about your time at WED with Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room, it's incredible work and it's still beloved. What was your Enchanted Tiki Room experience like? Oh, God, that was heaven. That was the first uh, project I really worked on that was going to be built for Disneyland. And, uh, I, 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 John Hench was my hero because he trained me uh, when I got there because I could go in and talk to him every night after work and ask questions and kind of get a feel of the company because John was really a beautiful old man. And uh, he knew it was kind of cute because Walt called him uh, Johnny, which I thought was kind of a crack up because everybody else knew him as John Hench. <laughs> and, and then Walt would turn to John and say, Johnny, and, you know, he was right there. So I learned everything everything in the beginning about how to get started on a project. Uh, John taught me. It was beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. And the Tiki Room. Oh, the Tiki Room. Yeah, I know the first assignment that we had was a work session on the Tiki Room. Uh, Walt asked me to come up with a pre-show because it was going to be a restaurant. And he wanted me to come up with something. He says, you know, people don't like to stand in line. And if they're waiting to have something to eat, he says, and there's nothing to entertain them, he says, then they kind of go funny. So he was trying to teach me to entertain them. So uh, like John said, I got books out on them. And I I read all about the tiki's and uh, and the islands. And I thought, God, that's a great story. Because I, I got to know the names of all the tiki's and who they were the gods of. And so I actually designed all the tikis from what I got out of the books I read, and it was great. And so I showed Walt uh, the, the names of the tikis and, and uh, who, what, what they did, what was their responsibility to the planet. And uh, so Walt says, oh, what are you going to do with them? And I said, I don't know. So I went back, and I figured the best thing to do is to dress the tiki to kind of say it out, what they look like. And one of them was a god of uh, fountains. And so you had a fountain coming out of out of his head. And and if, if it was another tiki that held up the world, then there was a god that was holding up the, the world. So anyway, it was a great thing to do. And it was uh, educational as hell. Reading about the tiki was a crack up. 
That's so wonderful. And you've worked on so many amazing attractions. Uh, And I want to ask about, you were one of the first to work on the Haunted Mansion. And I know that some of your ideas made it into the final Haunted Mansion. Um, But what is your favorite part of the Haunted Mansion? What Do you have a favorite? The Haunted Mansion, yeah. I think the best part is the uh, all ghosts. And that was the Pepper's ghost idea that we read about and came up with. And the ghost was what made the mansion. You know, without the ghost, you wouldn't have a haunted mansion. And the Pepper's ghost was a, a beautiful illusion that had been invented way, way back. So I loved that. That was great. Definitely the Haunted Mansion is uh, one of those that it still has so many fans throughout the world and now uh, exists in nearly every single park. And so that is uh, incredible. Can you tell us about, there's of course all those stories about how there was different things they wanted to do with the mansion, whether it be a walking attraction. Then finally we got the doom buggies involved, but can you talk about those early days of planning this amazing attraction? Well, it was going to be a ride. It was designed as a ride. No, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm ahead of myself. It was designed as a walkthrough and uh, that guest ghost would walk you through the mansion. And um, that, and everybody said, no, talked to all out of that. They said, no, because you can't have people running loose when you, when you drop off a hundred people in the mansion out of an elevator and they don't know where to go. And there's kids. He says, there's no way to control them. So operations talked to Walt in the fact that maybe it should be a ride so that you had control over the people at all times. So that's what happened. It turned out to be a ride. That's wonderful. And, you know, you also, uh, out of the Haunted Mansion came this idea for the Museum of the Weird. Can you talk to us about the uh, original ideas for the Museum of the yeah, Weird yeah. and how all that was developed? Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> Well, we uh, a lot of us, Walt, myself, felt that the uh, should be scary, so that the, the haunted mansion should be scary to where some upper management didn't want it to be scary; they wanted it to be funny. So I stayed with the scary guy side, and so I was supposed to design some things that went in the in the uh, in the ride. And uh, so I saw a uh, a film that was done uh, in England, I believe it was. So after seeing that film, I realized that that, that the uh, mansion in the film where all the ghosts live became parts of the, the actual building itself, human parts made up the building. So I did a sketch on a, a rubber room where the human parts uh, were part of the room. And uh, so that was really the beginning of it. And then all of a sudden, I, I did some other sketches that were just real weird to, to, to fit in there. And what happened was that, um, well, I had to give a presentation to Walt, and Walt said, what's all this stuff rolling? And I said, oh, it's just some scary stuff to put in, the, in there. But I said, I think we need scary stuff in there, weird stuff. So he said, all right. So I did a whole bunch of weird sketches. I had a candle man. I had chairs that stood up and talked to you. I had a lot of just kind of unusual things in it. And uh, after the meeting with Walt, he said, well, I'm going home. And when he came back the next morning, he was there at seven o'clock in the morning at my desk. And I said, oh my God. And I walked up, I said, good morning. He said, you son of a bitch. And I thought, oh my God. 
He says, I didn't get any sleep last night because of all that weird stuff you showed me yesterday. So he says, I know what we're going to do with it. I says, you do? He says, yes. He says, we're going to do a museum of the weird. And he says, Rolly, you can do, do the weirdest sketches that you want. And we'll put them in there and we'll say, this is the museum of the weird. And so that's why that all started. And you know, it was kind of a crack up because when I left that day with Walt and Walt says, I'm going now. They all said, you know, we, we knew he wouldn't like the sketches that you did. And then, of course, after he called everybody in the next morning and, and raved about it, and they, they, they all turned to me and said, oh, we knew he'd like it. You know, so it was like watching the, you know, the flag wave about, you know, go with the wind. So anyway, it was great. We, I don't know. He and, he and I just seemed to hit it off with no problem. No problem. Well, you didn't get to do Museum of the Weird. And was there anything else that you did not get to do that, that you wish you could have done? Uh, no, um, I think it turned out the way it's supposed to turn out because uh, it had to go through a whole series of people and ideas and stuff. Although Walt carry, was with you to help carry through what we wanted to do. And uh, so it was good. No, I think on the whole, I think it was perfect. It went well. And working with him was absolute heaven. Well, you did wonderful work with the 1964 World's Fair. And when the fair was over... Um, they were moving It's a Small World to Disneyland, and you worked on the design of the exterior. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, bring it back to, bring it back to California. Yeah, and design the facade. Well, yeah, there was, I, that's another story within that. The interesting thing about it was I was heavily involved with the design of Small World, even for the fair, because there were so many of us that worked on it. Somebody kind of had to take and run run with it. And so they gave me that job. So I was the glue to putting Small World together with to begin with. And so, and that's why I ended up back in New York was because no one else had, a lot of designers worked on it, but they, they you had too many designers to pick up and move to the World's Fair and, and work there. So I was sent back there in a way I did everything that everybody was supposed to do, which was great. I had a great time. It was wonderful. We all worked together so closely. It didn't make any difference uh, who was who, who was trying to take anything. But the good news was I just felt good about being the glue and holding, making sure that everything was designed properly. And I fell in love with Mary Blair's style. And I felt that the small world should always look like Mary Blair designed everything in it. And so, therefore, I was a, a great disciple of hers. And it was a great time. It was a marvelous time. And then, of course, she was back there. So she and I worked together all day long. And, uh, and it was a constant education for me because I was learning all about what it was like working for Disney when she did way, way back when. So it was an incredible time frame. Well, what was Mary Blair like? What was she like, Mary? Blair? Oh, she was a delight, absolute delight. She was an artist, and that that kind of names it. You know, if you if you're an artist with an artist, everything is everything's beautiful. You're on the same plateau, which was really good. And uh, you know, we had a good time together. We got together got together socially as well, and got with I got with her. I stayed with her family for three or four days with her kids and her husband. So I got to know the family real well. 
So it was great. It was just absolute heaven. You were talking about the new Tomorrowland redesign. What was that like? Oh, well, I was thrilled to death to work on Tomorrowland. There wasn't many of us left to be in charge of the same thing at that time frame. So it was great. Um, I do know that, uh, see, this whole thing was an education to me because Tomorrowland, again, when we got there and I was working with the exterior lighting of it, it was overlit. So I had to reach, I had to change all of that lighting because it was overlit. And so, I mean, you had to take it, put on a different hat, you know, when you were doing show design in exterior wise or interior wise. So Walt was gone at that time? Uh-huh, Walt, Walt had passed, yeah. And I, I, I've got to tell you a story at the end. One of the greatest stories that ever came out of working with Walt was that one day, this was after Walt had passed away, and we had a big meeting up in the penthouse for lunch. And there was all kind of the key designers. And this is when we were celebrating the opening of New Tomorrowland. Well, Disney, uh, his brother Roy came up to me. And I never met Roy. And he walked over and said, are you Roy Crump? And I said, yes, I am, sir. He said, I just want you to know my brother used to talk about you. And I damn near buzzed up. Right? I thought, oh, God, what a gorgeous thing to say. And that was really true. I, evidently, Walt did talk about me a lot. So. That's but remarkable. Hear from, from so the, incredible. That was, yeah, that was incredible. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Roy. <laughs> well, I have a question about living with the land. I love that ride at Epcot. What was it like working on that project? Oh, God, that was, that was heaven. We had some of the best uh, people that we brought in to help us with that. Carl Hodges was the best one of all because um, that, Carl's the one that taught us how to grow grapes in space or grow tomatoes in space. So all of a sudden, uh, in fact, when I first met with Carl, his work at University of Arizona, I went down there and in his building, he had a rainfall every day. One room would always be raining. And that was part of his program was figuring out how to have water running in the ride. So it was great. I mean, I was working with some very creative people and he was absolutely the best. He was marvelous, marvelous time frame. Then I had to, uh, you know, almost in a way live down there to work with him to get to know what they were doing. He was, he was a wonderful, he was a brilliant man. And he had, his wife was a brilliant lady and they, and they, uh, they were always doing stuff that was different. And the first thing they did was they removed the the, the uh, roof from the house, so the house was wide open because he wanted every I wanted the light to come in, and he also decided to where the water fall in there was all. I mean, the whole thing was kind of um, like making it like it was its own planet, and mm-hmm. so I learned a lot from Carl. And then one night I was there visiting with him, and I said, "Okay, let's." Let's take a bath. Well, I mean, I said, yeah, let's get the two tub. <laughs> so I said, I bring my trunks. And he says, no, we're going in there to get naked. So I got into a big bathtub, he and his wife, and we was giggling and laughing. So, I mean, nothing but fun. We just had a good time. <laughs> Lots of fun. These are really good so- <laughs> We have, uh, well, you've worked with some amazing people 
and kind of in in imagineering i have a couple of names and if i give you a name can you just um just tell us a little bit about them what uh um, just a couple of words about, you know, what comes to mind. The first one um, you'd mentioned, we've talked about Mary Blair and John Hench. What about Mark Davis? Well, Mark Davis was probably, he was one of the nine old men and probably one of the finest art, artists and animators that ever worked for Disney. Mark was uh, incredible. His, his, his design work as far as animating was absolutely the best. I think Mark was the best animator that ever lived. And what about Blaine Gibson? Oh, Blaine was a sweetheart. Um, he was a sculptor. And, and it's interesting because I said, how did you ever start sculpting? Well, he grew up on a farm. And what he did was he would make, uh, take, make mud balls and make little figures out of mud balls. And then he'd sculpt them. So he sculpted little pieces of clay. And that's what got him started as wanting to be a sculptor. And he was and he was a delight to work with. I love Blaine. Okay, how about Claude Coates? Uh, he was good. Well, Claude was a background painter and a very, very uh, sweet man. He was a big, tall man, and uh, and he was a delight. And all these guys were absolute friggin' delights. Uh, I mean, you were all you were a family for God's sakes. And I know that I used to go to the uh, baseball games watch the Dodgers because they had box seats. Yeah, box seats. And uh so he was he was always there with his wife. So my son and he would all and he would we'd all sit together and it was great. So uh, it was a social activity that we had that luckily the, the company had the seats to have a seat with and so it was great. Well, the whole thing was great. Just a friggin' dream come true. It's so great talking to you because it, you've, you've had such an, a, a remarkable life and you've had so many amazing experiences uh, throughout your life. It's so incredible. But I do want to ask, your ideas are so bold. Were you ever nervous about pitching an idea or was it just that, that you were confident in those ideas that you had? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I just, you know, it would come to me and I'd do... I did my job, and then it was up to me to, to sell my job, and I sold my job. <laughs> so, no, no, no. It was, it was um, never, was, I was never nervous. Never. You were that That's confident? That's great to know. Oh, yeah. I was very confident. And it so comes it was, out it was, in your work. What, what inspires you as a designer? To do something I'd never done before. And that happened all the time. And you learn as you go. And I found out that was the greatest way to learn is by doing. And uh, so that was incredible. Wow. I think, and that's the other thing, it gets back to my childhood. I never was, I never took art lessons other than high school. So basically I taught myself. And I've always thought that if I was teaching, I set aside a class of how you teach yourself to become an artist or a designer rather than having it always have to go to school because by learning by yourself, you know, I learned by listening to the radio, you know, I mean, I listened to the radio shows in the afternoon and in the evening I'd spend sketching of what the characters might've looked like that were in the radio show. So it sets your imagination and got your imagination working for you. So yeah, the radio was my secret. Wow. 
Well, I have my my last question is what would you like people to know about Walt Disney? Yeah, he was the sweetest man that was ever put on this planet. And he he knew that once he got started on a project, no matter what it was, he'd only be on the project in a very short period of time. And then all of a sudden, everything would come to work for him. And he knew exactly what it was going to look like when it was finished. So he had the whole picture in his head when we got started. And so therefore, it wasn't difficult to do. Working with his is incredible. That's so great. Uh, you know, Rolly, it's it's such an honor to get to speak to you and to be able to hear your stories. I mentioned this episode is coming out uh, on Christmas Day. And so I wondered if you had a holiday message you wanted to give to people. Always color outside the lines and believe in your crazy ideas. And, and those are my words of wisdom for today. <laughs> That's so incredible. Rolly, thank you for your time today. And we so, so appreciate it. We're over here uh, just about in tears from all of your stories of all these amazing people that brought so much joy into our lives. And you're uh, at the top of that list. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And I now you him. I love telling my story. And now you brought tears to our eyes too. Aww. Aww. These are great. Thank you so much. This is this is the kindest thing okay. you could have done. Thank you. That was awesome. It was so great to be able to speak to uh, a living Disney legend and just to be able to have that time with him. Also to be able to speak with Marie as well. You know, behind the scenes, I've been emailing back and forth with her and they were so excited to learn that this is going to be coming out on Christmas Day because I think that they're going to send it around to their family. And, and hopefully if you are part of Rolly's family uh, listening to this, just thank you for everything <laughs> because this was <laughs> such an excellent interview. It was so much fun to be able to learn and hear all those stories. Vanessa, your thoughts on the interview? I thought it was so exciting. Um, he's just a real treat. He's definitely per- perfect to have for Christmas. Um, I'm just gonna, if there was a way to wrap him up and stick him under the tree, but we can't. So this is the, this is the other option, uh, which is great. It just, it, again, it just really takes you back to, um, what I would imagine to be that magic of those early Disneyland days and, and building attractions and getting to work with Walt. And so hearing his stories, is just, magic i mean i don't know where else we would hear someone say oh yeah well and walt talked to me like this and walt walt couldn't remember my name and it just you know it's it's amazing we'll we'll never have that from any um really anyone else those kind of firsthand experiences maybe a few others but you know they're they're pretty far in between to find them at least here in illinois yeah i mean to, to think about having the um the opportunity to speak to Bob Gurr and to Rolly Crump and these people that really brought the magic uh, to Disneyland initially and to most of those attractions that we come to love. I mean, to be able to talk and say like, you were involved in the conceptual uh, discussions about the Haunted Mansion. That's incredible. You know, that's yeah. just absolutely incredible and remarkable. And thank you so much to Rolly for that opportunity. But Brett, your thoughts about uh, the interview we just had. Oh my gosh. Well, it's, you can meet your legends, your, your, you know, your, your legends and your idols, because it's a good thing. So he did not disappoint by any means at all. So charming. 
so completely charming. He he was he was gift wrapped for for all of us and for all of you out there that are listening. Yes, so, that's yeah. that's for sure. So, Merry Christmas to us, and Merry Christmas <laughs> to all of you that are celebrating out there. Uh, and of course, if you're listening to us for the first time, we do encourage you to subscribe to Beyond the Mouse on any podcast platform you can find us. You can also find us on our social media pages if you look up Beyond the Mouse Podcast on Facebook or Beyond the Mouse Pod on Instagram. And you can also go to nprillinois.org and find us under the Community Voices tab. Should you want to listen to us that way. We also are part of the Front Row Network and their social media is available by searching for the Front Row Network on Facebook or on Instagram, also on Twitter, Front Row Reviews with a Z. Just incredible stuff that we have coming up here. We have a a brand new, you know, we thought that we were done for the year and then Disney decides that they're going to release a movie to Disney Plus on Christmas Day. And so we will have our full disclosure of Soul coming out soon. We don't quite know exactly when the release date of that will be, but it is going to be soon. And we have something extremely special planned for that. And so we are excited. We will let you know as soon as we can uh, about that. And so follow along with us on social media and you should be able to get that announcement even prior to the episode coming out. We are so excited. It's extremely special. We can't wait to share that with you. Um, Also, we have what I think is one of our best episodes of the year, which is our year in review. That'll be coming up shortly where we just go back and talk about all the amazing guests we've had, all the opportunities we've had, everything that uh, Disney has brought us over the last year, and then maybe even more importantly, what we are looking forward to in 2021 as well. Well, I'll go to my two lovely co-hosts for any final thoughts. First, Brett, any final thoughts? Well, I'm lovely. <laughs> like, like, finally. No, uh, let's see. <laughs> oh, this is just... You know, let's wrap up 2020 in a big old bow too, because, you know, as we've, as we've sort of said before that it's been a challenging year on so many fronts, but here at Beyond the Mouse, we, well, we've had all the gifts, we've had an abundance of gifts. And so, so thankful for all of that. And especially today with Roly and Marie too, wonderful stories. So I mean, what else can I say? Let's just, I'm wrapping all of this up in a bow and say, here, enjoy. Truly, truly wonderful. Vanessa, any final thoughts for us? I agree with Brett. It's really hard to be negative about this year um, when it's been so good to us here on the podcast. <laughs> um, but yes, let's let's just shelve this one away and jump into 2021. Actually, let's not let's not do anything dramatic for 2021. We're just going to very easily sneak on in. We're not even going to go detected. So um but yeah it's been into the new year (laughs) yeah very sneakily entered 2021 but it's been a great year and it's been a great christmas and i'm glad i got to spend it with you guys and and i know sometimes i can be nice and uh, (laughs) always thank thank you to everybody who's listening and and it's been wonderful 
That is so nice. I should mention, if you want more Rolly in your life, and who wouldn't, I would encourage you to go out and purchase Rolly's book. It's kind of a cute story. You can find that wherever books are sold and check that out. Also, to any member of the Crump family that is listening in and back to this episode, just thank you for everything you do. Uh, and thank you particularly to Marie and to Rolly. You are rock stars in our minds, and uh, we really appreciate everything that you've done to continue to create magic for us and to keep that magic alive um, for many, many years to come. So thank you so much. For Beyond the Mouse, I am Craig. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Brett. And we will see you real soon in the front row. Perhaps the front row of It's a Small World. Oh, oh, Actually, oh. there's a video out there of you in the front row of Small World, isn't there? Yes, there is. Yes, I was I was on assignment when I was slightly confused <laughs> what my assignment was. Oh, I was so thought far, it was it was so the front row ago. review. Yeah, yeah, it was. I was reviewing front rows. <laughs> anyway, we'll have to find that and post that again. Merry Christmas, everybody! Happy holidays! Happy New Year!